We're all in this together. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> you did not know I was going to start like that. I did, did not you? know you were going to start like that. <laughs> you sing a lot on this podcast. I wish it's, you would sing more. It's because we're in our basement yeah. in this room with nobody. I just feel like it's the two of us. And you, so I'm just living life how I live life all the time. You totally like tricked me on that. <laughs> No, I had to think about what today's episode was all about, and so uh-huh. it's about not doing this journey, this alone. life alone. Because you can't. And how you find accountability. So I was like, well, what better way than High School Musical reliving the the dream, you know? Yep, your good buddy Chris Pomagno is in here <laughs> right now for you. So welcome to a new episode of the new EDU podcast. If you already, I'm, I'm sure we probably lost some people just with my first little... Maybe. Of maybe singing, not, but maybe I don't not. think so. But today we are going to talk about finding your accountability partner. Wade and I talk about this a lot. Mm-hmm. It is something that we see extreme value in is mm-hmm. finding someone who's not just a cheerleader, but someone who is more than that. How on this journey, you know, the little cliche hashtag better together is true that you are better when you're working with other people when you have relationships with other people who uplift you motivate you tell you the truth speak the good speak Mm -hmm. the bad and are just real and raw with you and so we're going to talk about how to build and establish accountability within yourself and within one another and how we're going to walk this journey together great teachers don't just come from the classroom They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. Yeah. I mean, in life, not even with education. I mean, just think about outside of education, just things that come to mind just with me, just through my life, I can think of, I was a wrestling coach and I can think about the athletes that I coached that went to state championships in the state championship tournament. Most of those athletes, if you know anything about wrestling, it's an individual, but it's also a team sport. It's more than just a singlet, folks. It's more than just a singlet. A weird, tight, it is, very revealing singlet. It is, it is not, it is, no, no. <laughs> People make fun of the wrestling singlet, but you could also make fun of the track singlet. It is the same thing. We didn't have track singlets. Well, you should. <laughs> That's just shouldn't. what you should. Maybe there shouldn't be a singlet. Anyways. <laughs> When you think about wrestling, when it's an individual sport, there comes a time where certain individuals, they qualify for the state championship. Well, most of the time, I would usually have an even number of wrestlers, some of my athletes, that would make it to the individual state tournament. Why? It was because they were wrestling partners inside of the wrestling room, and they would challenge each other. They would push each other. They were there 
to uplift each other. They were there to hold each other accountable. They were there to improve, but they were also there to pick each other up when they needed it to, to happen. Mm-hmm. And it happened like that all the time. I, my wrestling days, I remember that. I mean, I was only as good as who I was working with. And that's life, period. Who you surround yourself with should make you should, should make you a better person, so should uh, uplift you, should reaffirm you when you need reaffirming, but also kick you in the butt when you need to get, get a quick, swift kick in the butt. I used to think that I got to where I am right now by myself. I didn't have uh, yeah, some you very, said that. You yeah, used to say that a lot. I did. I was like, I shoot, I did this all by myself. I did it all by no, there 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 have been people placed in my life to help me get where I am. And it's only since I've become 35 years old that I've realized that yes, I had a lot put on me at a very young age that I had to deal with individually, but I've also had people along the way that I could lean on that I could support. But it's knowing that those people are good for you during that time period. Let's talk about before we get into what it means to be an accountability partner and what yeah, an accountability. We're going to talk through three main things a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but selecting an accountability partner. Mm. And I don't, you know, I mean, some people already have people in place. You already have your accountability partners. Maybe you are an accountability partner to someone else. You know, one thing that I've always truly, truly believed is that if you're the smartest person in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. You want to find other people who, like you said, can challenge you. Mm-hmm. you the reason that your wrestlers were so successful mm-hmm. is because at some point in time, one of them was always better than the other. At some, it's at, at some at portions. some at some portions, yeah. and vice and like right. in other areas, right. somebody else was stronger. Right. And so I think that it's so important to to mention is that you want to surround yourself with people in your circle first and foremost, because that's where you're going to find your accountability mm-hmm. partners in your circle who are better at something than you are, but also where you can offer things. And that's how you mm-hmm. grow. That's where true growth really lies. I think that it's it's great if you are, you know, um, in your school building, say, if you're one of the older teachers, if you're one of the veterans, that you don't always have to just to be the one who's coaching everyone else. Oh, yeah. You also need to be coach. Absolutely. And so um, finding people who know more than you mm-hmm. in a certain area or who maybe have a strength in an area that you're weak in. I think mm-hmm. that that's important when you are choosing and selecting who you're surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with. People who are going to make you better. Right. It's hard sometimes because uh, you, you you do want to surround yourself with, with the right people, but you also want to make sure that you're stay, staying true to who you are too. And so mm-hmm. selecting those people is very important. Identifying your weaknesses are also important. And I think that's what Hope is uh, circling back to as well. It's, it's not that... They're literally the smartest person in, in the room, but they are better at you than something than, than something that you're not. How can you improve that way? But but you can also communicate with that person too. Yeah. And you know, I think one thing to keep in mind too, just as we're talking about people that we're surrounding ourselves with, you know, a lot of times and my accountability partners and relationships, especially professionally change very quickly, mm-hmm. I think, change because I feel like you're constantly growing, constantly evolving, constantly yeah. changing. And so a lot of times what happens on a journey of growth is you do change and you should change and change should be celebrated. And you're going to find people along the journey who are going to say, you changed. You, and it's not in a positive, they're not saying it like a positive way, like you've changed. It's you've changed because you are growing, you are different. And, you know, so don't always take that just because somebody else is saying, oh, you've changed, that mm. it's negative. It might be negative in their mind, but to me, you know, change, I'm like, well, 
you're right. You I have. You and you should celebrate my change right. as a friend or as, you know, a colleague or what mm-hmm. you should celebrate that change. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that um, your growth as you are, you know, working through your friendships and your relationships professionally specifically, mm-hmm. your growth is going to cause relationships to come and go. That's and that's powerful. And it depends on what stage of life you're in, too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you and I hope we are not we did not go to school and get master's degrees in business, but yet we do teaching conferences. We do professional development. We are now working with Rachel Hollis, right? Even with this podcast. And so reaching out to people that you may need help with, whether it's in the school building, whether it's in a certain content area, if you do want to be an administrator, whatever's going on in your life, there's nothing wrong with that. And you won't get better unless you ask. And that's the only things that that you can do is is ask for help. Yeah. So when you're thinking of, I really need, I need someone, I need an accountability partner, or maybe you're evaluating your accountability partners, you know, not being afraid to ask for help, recognizing (laughs) that relationships are going to come and go. They're going to change. They're going Mm -hmm. to evolve. And, you know, bringing again, your authentic self into something first and foremost is what is most important and recognizing the starting place and where you want to go. I mean, that leads us right into what we're going to talk about today is how do you exactly make sure that you're not doing everything alone? Yeah. If you try to do everything alone, you'll never be able to finish the race. And that's what we're trying to do is finish the race. Um, You may be able to finish one or two races by yourself, but you'll never finish life by yourself to the best of your ability and the best human that you can be. That's right. We talk about creating sustainability, creating, you know, Mm -hmm. our lives to be something that we can actually maintain and your best life, Mm -hmm. trust me, your best life, you cannot maintain it alone. It is going to require your people. Your people. And so we're going to go ahead and dive in with, we have three little tips uh, that that we really want to talk about. And the first one is scheduling and planning. So what we've talked about scheduling and planning, and you've heard a lot about that, but we want to talk specifically about not adding more to your plate than you have time for. There's nothing wrong with adding more to your plate if you have time for those activities, for those commitments, whatever it is in your life, but you have to have time for it. If you don't have time for it, don't add it to your plate. That's when you need to take it off. It's So we ran a marathon. First of all, I've got it explained to, oh, to our friends. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Just in case, maybe they don't follow us on social media, or you, you, you don't know this. Happened? I'm going to tell them how. Okay. It's just You're a great critical storyteller. that they understand yes, before ahead. we get into any details about the marathon and marathon. how this applies to not doing life alone, not doing it by yourself. We're in a marathon. So Wade, I, I Wade and I just had our first baby 17 months ago. Yep. We've talked about Maverick a good bit mm-hmm. on the on the podcast. Our first child. I am about how many months pregnant? This, I, I got I got asked in March. And okay, so right. So right I am before, eight months. Well, basically in March, I'm pretty sure I was nine months pregnant because I think I gave birth at 12. I was like the gestational you, period of an really elephant. Did. Maverick was so late, y'all. Y'all, y'all have no idea. But. It was eight months at least, if eight months and some weeks probably, that Wade comes to me and says, hey, Hope, TCTS reached out to us and asked if we would join their team. No, no, asked if I would join oh, their team. Oh, if you would join. Okay, I forgot. Wade King would join their team. The asthmatic. The, the non-runner. <laughs> I, I ran all through high school, all through college. I apologize for my lack of um, recollection of the story. Because you were about to birth our child. Because I was, you know, probably in contractions Anyways. at this point. What They reached out and asked Wade to, mm-hmm. to join their team. Yes. 
Yes, they did. And so Wade says, the only way that I told them that I would run this marathon is if you and your mom, who is 60-something, because would she's run a runner. with me. Your mom's a runner. She's a coach. She's a coach, but she's, she's a, a runner. She's ran her whole life. Okay. And so I said, this would be a great present for, for Pam Wheeler to be able to run the New York City Marathon. Which is something that she's always wanted to do. So right. that was so lovely that you thought about um, involving her. I really this. didn't want to do it by myself. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> the point of the story, right? But so he comes to me and I'm like, he asked me and I'm like, Now, I have ran a marathon before. I ran the Disney Marathon. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned, I've been a runner my whole life. So I know and understand the commitment that a a marathon requires, the pain that your body goes through. And here I am. I gained, I think, close to 50 pounds, right, during my pregnancy. So I am large and in charge with this child. And and he comes and asks me in March, hey, Hope, do you want to run a marathon? To which I, I, I'm pretty sure he might have even told them that I told them that you would. No, I. No, so that it was it was close was, to those. It, words. it was close to those words, but they said, "Oh, we didn't even think Hope would be able to because she's going to give birth." And I said, of "Oh, she I said would. Hope can do anything. See, she's a monster. See? She she can beast this thing." See? But I said, "But we we will let you know after after Maverick's born." No, so. I'm pretty sure it was on my delivery that Wade, I have the epidural. I had to get a lot of medicine. We won't even go through the story of my delivery. We'll save that one for another podcast when we let you know that that one's coming. I'm pretty sure that's when he asked me again because I was so, I was on medication. It's not true. And I somehow, I don't know, I don't ever recall saying yes, but somehow it was a yes that I was running this New York City Marathon. In November, I gave birth in April 20, on April 25th, this was November 6th. So I had, I don't even know how many No, no, it was, oct- it was November 1st or 2nd. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought it was my birthday. Mm-mm. All right. So anyways, uh, somehow I got roped into this, doing this marathon. Long story short, folks, I don't even know how it happened. We did this marathon. We actually finished. We crossed the finish line. I have never been in so much pain in my entire life. They say that childbirth hurts. No, no, no. Nothing like running the New York City Marathon. I don't know how we did it, but we did. Because so anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, we, yeah. Oh, gosh. We we did it and we did it together. All three of us crossed the finish line. But it was it was one of those things to where we said, um, because we I did have conversations with, with Hope um, a little bit afterwards. And it was finding the time to train adequately for this marathon. We were like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do this with a newborn? We didn't realize what parenting was, y'all. We had no it was, And it was nonstop. And I am not, I, and I, I will repeat, I am not a runner. My body is not made to run, and it hurts, and I am super asthmatic. And I was like, I have got to figure out how I'm going to do this. Hope, she just didn't really hardly train at all, and she still finished the marathon. But I knew that I couldn't do that. And so I was having to find time. During Maverick's naps, not sleeping at night, scheduling this time to train for this run. And it was one of those things to where, yeah, we were with a new infant. But what was really cool about it was Hope and her mom, we would kind of tag team. Maverick would take a nap. They would go They would go and walk or run a little bit. Okay, I'm on duty next. And so we, we would work it out and we made it work for our plate. We would make it work for our time. And we knew that it was going to be difficult. We knew it was going to be challenging. And we knew we had a certain, at least get a certain, how how many miles did did you run up? What were your, like 15 maybe? I think it was up to 16, which is so not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So like, yeah, that, that's as far as we got another 10 to go. Yeah. So that's as far as we got in our training, but we're like, all right, that's what we're going to do. But it was scheduling and making that a priority. And that's what we have to do when we 
have those people in our lives, whether it's with teaching. If you have a teaching team, you sit down with that teaching team and you plan out how you're going to support each other throughout the year. I remember many of times where I knew that it was um, that my colleagues, they were going through a hard time. Well, what would I do? I would go ahead and I would plan, okay, I can take something off of this person's plate because I know that they'll take it later. If it was a morning duty, if it was a lunch duty, if it was recess. Mm -hmm. So you have to be there and you have to schedule those things. Obviously not putting more on yourself than you can handle, but looking ahead of the game to make sure that, that you have each other's backs that way. Well, I think pointing out two things here is what's important um, when recognizing that, first of all, that you recognized in the marathon that this was not going to be something that you were going to be able mm -hmm. to do alone. Mm -hmm. So you reached out to people who, dare I say, are more experienced, mm -hmm. a little bit more they really were qualified. I didn't know what I was doing. I found I found this thing. <laughs> I don't on the want to say better than and I started but, following it. So he reached out to people who had more knowledge, had more understanding about it. how to train for a marathon. And so reaching out and asking, asking for help. This is what we mean when we say you cannot do this alone. So a lot of people think that asking for help makes you weak. But this is a perfect scenario and a perfect story to support many life stories mm -hmm. that that didn't make you weak. That actually, you reaching out and asking us to do mm -hmm. this with you actually made you strong because you were then able to finish a marathon. You mm -hmm. were able to then do something that you never thought you were going to be able to do. Right. And I wonder how many people are not doing things that they're capable of doing and not really maximizing their full potential because they're afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Asking for help does not make you weak. It actually strengthens you because you have more people supporting you, more people backing you, that is going to strengthen your team. So who is your team? And for Wade, it was, I, I know I can't do this alone. I know that if I try to start this, and honestly, he wouldn't have finished the marathon alone because he had severe cramps. Yeah, well, yeah, I did. On whatever mile yeah. that was, it was halfway through a little, and we had to pull him along. And we all had those moments in the marathon yeah. where I had back spasms like you. It was labor on steroids, like labor, but you don't have an epidural. And same thing about my mom. She had just gotten stung by a stingray. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so, Literally I mean, a, a month a before, things. a month before yeah. she got stung by a stingray. Not one of us would have finished that marathon if we had been out there by ourselves. Yep. So asking for help, reaching out to people, but asking the right people. Yeah, and knowing what you need, yeah. I think, is very important with that. But making time to do that. If you yeah. don't plan that out, if you don't make that a priority, if you don't schedule those those, those things out to ask for help and, and to know how to improve yourself. Or know when you need to ask for help. Yeah. Like you said, with your plate. Like, oh, I don't have time to do this, but I know it needs right. to be done. How can I reach out and get help for something else or... And it's all about the scheduling. And it, and it helps, and, and it helps show humility to whoever your accountability partner is, who your circle is, because then they'll feel more comfortable with asking for help when they may need it. Yeah. So I mean, scheduling and planning super important. Reaching out for help is obviously crucial with having accountability partner, but also feeling comfortable to do that. But then also supporting each other when when you do have those successes, when you have those small victories. I mean, even with the marathon. So you you just spoke about. How, oh my gosh, we had so many things go wrong ahead so of time. Many. I mean, <laughs> besides, I mean, the only thing wrong with Hope was that she had a baby and that's enough problems for everybody. But then Hope's mom, literally, she took her cross country team to Charleston, South Carolina what are the odds? to run a race. And then shortly after they go and they jump into the ocean for like an hour or two, and then they head back to the upstate of South Carolina 
Well, her mom stepped on a stingray, and the stingray stung her in her her ankle. Went through the side of her ankle, out the other side, and the barb got stuck. And they didn't go to the hospital in Charleston. They waited until they were back up in the mountains. She had an allergic reaction to the venom. Oh, it was bad. And so this was probably a month, right? A month before the race. And if you know anything about Pamela Wheeler, Hope's mom, she does not say no. She's going to push through. A week before the race, she went and had the wound opened back up and had it cleaned out. Like she had the barb literally a week before. And so... A week before. It's it's one of those things to where in that time period, all like... We didn't even want to do it. Yeah, I remember because I was reaching back out to the people. I was trying to get out of oh, this we thing. Were. We were. There were so but many we times. Had a, we, so the Team TCS, they were paying for our travel, they were paying for the hotel, got us all this gear, all these stuff, and we were trying to get out of it. I was like, yeah, I hope's mom just got stung by a stingray. Here's the picture. <laughs> I was like, I uh, had tendonitis in my foot. I, I was struggling with running. My asthma was so bad. I it was, was like, I don't know. It was that time of year. I was just like, oh. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just you can walk it. And we're like – we don't walk. We don't walk. And so we're like, well, crap. We are stuck with doing this. And so we had to start uplifting each other um, with our practice runs. Yeah. Just, man, that was a great job. Man, you did that, and you just had a stingray go through your foot. Oh, my gosh, Hope, that's an amazing time. You just gave birth to a child. Like, it was one of those things to where we were tricking each other to make us feel positive about what we were going to do. We got up to 15, 16 miles, and we were going to run the race. Throughout this race, Pam, the first 10 minutes, Hope and I just kind of looked at each other before the race started, and we were like, you know what, we're, we're not going to be able to get a astronomical time on this race, but that's not the point. We wanted to do this together. We wanted to finish this race together, and we were like, you know what, if it takes Pam however long, it's going to be fine. We'll, we'll go slow. And so we went slow for the first 10 miles, right? Mm-hmm. Pam was limping along, and then I think um, she started feeling good because it may have gotten numb. I was going to say, I think she went completely numb. And then it went (laughs) numb. And then for the next two, two and a half miles, we were really, like, we were doing great. We were killing it. Then all of a sudden, my hamstring, right? It was my, yeah, it was, ah, cramped up like crazy. But what was great about it is Pam and Hope, they're like, ah, you got this. We slowed down a little bit. We uplifted each other started cheering each other on. Then we I pushed through uh, about four miles later, and we were going, we were going, we were going, but then it hit Hope. And then Hope had her breakdown, and it was a breakdown. Cramps in the back, mm-hmm. spasms. Re- spasms. It was cold. Cold, restroom. I was done. But what the, the point of this is every single one of us came into this race with something we had to overcome, mm-hmm. and we knew each other's weaknesses throughout this race, but we also knew that we had to uplift each other during this time period. This school year is like no other school year that we've seen before. Life is like we've never seen it before, mm-hmm. and so we have got to do a good job during this race of this school year and this 2020-2021 year of uplifting each other and celebrating each other and supporting success when we see success with the people that, that we have on our team. But celebrating success is also, if you're an accountability partner to someone, just like we had, and you are a, a team partner with someone, or you're working with someone, or you have a friend, or whatever it may be, in that marathon, I cannot even tell you how many times I would say, y'all just go, y'all y'all just go yeah. ahead. Or Way would say, no, I'm not holding y'all back, y'all go ahead. Or my mom would say, I might be able to do it, y'all go ahead. And we all said that. We all said it at some point. Mm-hmm. And every, the other two would say, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We are in this to 
together. And so that commitment, I think, is so big to really celebrating the success of others. In addition, I have to tell this story because it is about celebrating success and it's about the New York City Marathon. But this goes to show you how powerful celebrating and uplifting and cheering one another on really comes to be. And so if you don't know anything about the New York City Marathon, you run through all five of the boroughs. Let me tell you something. You know who shows up for the New York City Marathon? New York New York freaking city. All of them. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everybody shows up. They come out. They make posters. This is back before COVID. They have treats on the side of the road. Homemade wine. They have beer. Like, they're just, they're like vodka shots. Like, they're just trying to get you through the road. But people have, and I'm telling you, you're like, uh uh, I would never take, I said the same thing. Snickers bars. I said, I said, I would never take anything from a stranger. You get to mile 22, you take whatever they offer you. People had licorice hanging off of, um, Wooden dowel rods on nails, and I was taking that licorice like it was a million dollars. Like, I don't care if they poisoned it, I didn't care. Anyways, the New York City shows up and shows Mm -hmm. out, and they make posters and they are there cheering you on. And let me tell you something that is why we finish. That is why we finish, but it's also why my mom finished. You have no idea how long a little you got it goes because Pamela Sue was dying. She thought she was the pageant queen 10 miles Mm -hmm. because her ankles hurting so bad. And then, like we said, it got numb. But the reason that she made it those 10 miles is every time we would come to another borough and she would see a crowd and they would start going, whoa, because you have your name on the front of you. And so they're saying your name, you've got it, Pam. I promise you, she looked like the homecoming queen on a parade float. Waving, high She would wave her smiling. hands and smile. It was like she literally had just told me, I'm not going to be able to make it. And my mom is strong and she never cries hardly. I'm not going to be able to make it. When somebody celebrated her and said her name, was, she became a different human. We couldn't catch her. I was like, where's she going? She was straight up homecoming queen of the New York City Marathon, I tell you. But I think that we underestimate. Mm -hmm. I think we underestimate how powerful we are to one another and how an uplifting and encouraging word, a a celebratory thought, a pat on the back, a you've got this, Mm -hmm. a I know you can do it, of being someone's cheerleader, how much power that has. And so one thing that Wade and I want to encourage you to do is to commit. Commit Mm -hmm. to something. Because let me tell you something, if you don't commit to it and you don't practice it daily, then it will not become a habit. And if you don't commit to it and you just say you're going to do it, the odds are likely that you're not going to do it. We want you to, to commit to something for us. We want you to commit to 30 days. 30 days. 30 days of celebrating the success of others, colleagues, family members, finding the good. Somebody. Fi- and I'm going to tell you, I'm not just talking about celebrating the people that you like. I'm talking about celebrating the people that you might not have the strongest connection with. Right. Finding the good, finding ways to celebrate others, because what you're going to do by celebrating others is show others that they can't do this journey alone either, mm. that they need you mm. just as much as you need them. And that's where these connections start happening. And we say it a lot, but when one of us win, whether it's in parenting or education, we all win. Yep. And so committing to 30 days of habitual every day, I am going, and I'm not just talking about one time, find multiple people that you can celebrate, multiple people that you can point out the good in. It will, that could quite possibly not only change your life, but also change theirs. Yeah. And do it one day at a time. Yeah. Like, don't think of it as a 30 day thing. Think of it as one day at a time. Right. I did that thing. And at the beginning, it's going to be like a check the box. You did that. But I guarantee you at day 15, you're going to be like, man, this is who I am. And I think that's what we all want to be to someone else. We want to be that person that uplifts 
someone else. It's just we're being, educators. It's, we're parents. It's right. in our nature. It's, like, it's that's, what we do. Yeah. We do it's it in our kids, and we do it with our students mm-hmm. so well. We've got to learn how to do it with other with other people because we're all humans just like those those kids in our classroom every single day. So we've talked about scheduling, planning, how we really make time for this, how we look at each other's plates and how we recognize when I can't add something, I've got to reach out. I've got uh-huh. to ask for help, right? And then celebrating the success of those people, really pointing out the good. That's so important as we're building right. these connections, as we're building our team to walk this journey called life with. And in the final thing is when we're talking about not doing life alone and how whether you're finding an accountability partner you have an accountability partner the importance of communication yeah talk it out you you have to have that open communication and you have to have feel that confidence in that person that you're talking to to be able to humbly say listen this is what i'm scared about this is what i'm not good at i've i need help in this area or and then also tell them hey I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not being cocky. That's not being arrogant. That's being confident in who you are as a person. And so being able to communicate effectively, honestly, with whoever you're, you're, whoever's in your circle is crucial. It's so important. It's the foundation to having that close circle of accountability partners. Uh, and it's also how you're going to make each other better. I mean, if, if if I were out there wrestling, I would say I'm not very good at escaping. I can take you down. I can probably pin you. But if you get my back, I need help with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If I'm running the New York City Marathon, I'm going to say, I didn't train as properly as I could, Hope and Pam. I was scared to death throughout this thing. I yeah. didn't even know if I was be able to finish. And that's and she she always said that. But then on our end, we said, if you say that one more time, Hope, <laughs> we didn't know what we were gonna do because we wanted her to do it, but if do not say that one more time. And she stopped. And so there's two two parts in that. Yes, being open and communicating. I don't know how I'm gonna finish this. It's gonna be so hard. But on the other end, we were saying we, we weren't cheering her on, we weren't celebrating that. We were saying, shut up, you're gonna do this and you're gonna finish it. Sometimes and you it's need gonna the be fine. Hard truth. Right. And so uh being able to communicate effectively in love mm-hmm. with whoever you're talking with, whoever's in your circle, is very important, especially when you're tr- not trying to finish the race alone. Yeah. And if you're always looking for people who are going to tell you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. again, you have the wrong accountability Ooh, partner. You've got to find the people who will communicate the things that you want to hear and most importantly, the things that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to challenge you. That's what's going to grow you. And, you know, communication is so important. I remember we were learning from Bob Goff at our last virtual conference, and he said, take take somebody out for coffee, right? Take take oh, your friend, yeah. take your accountability partner five out for minutes. coffee. Yep. Make them buy, he said. But he said, sit down for five minutes and tell and say to them, say, tell me all of what's Be stressing authentic. you out. Yep. What's, what's your fears? What are all the negative things that we're either afraid to say or that we feel like are not acceptable to say or, oh, I shouldn't say that because it makes me weak. And he said, and then you do the same. And, you know, I think that we have got to normalize communication. And I'm talking about real talk, right? I'm not talking about just, oh, the things that we we say to make ourselves appear to have it all together or appear like we're strong or appear like nothing phases us. Because that's a load of bull. Like no, there, nobody is like mm-hmm. that. And so normalizing real talk, right? Real feelings, real emotions, mm-hmm. because when you're able to name those things, when you're able to have conversations about them, that's where change and growth starts to occur. But the problem is, is that we're not communicating. 
We're not actually communicating to one another. We're just telling, we're afraid of what other people might think about what we say or what what they might think about how we feel. And so finding those people in your life that you can be authentic with, you can have the real talk with, you can, like Wade said, communicate all of those things because when you're talking about mental health, and I'm talking about me specifically, I'm not an expert and I'm not trying to speak as an expert. But for me, if I bottle all of those fears up inside, that's when I start having anxiety. That's when I start feeling stressed out. That's when I start feeling like I'm going to have a panic attack. When I'm able to vocalize those things, and it took me a long time to even be able to tell tell Wade, and share with him, you know, now I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I feel like I'm going to have a panic. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to be able to say that to even my husband. But we've got to normalize the the good. We And we do. I feel like we do normalize the good. We've got to normalize the bad and the ugly Yeah, and in our communication. And when you have those people who you are, who you feel like you can communicate that way with, whoever you are, if, if you're on the other end, if you're the one doing the communication and you're the one being honest and truthful with that person, you need to make sure that you understand how you honor that situation. That is not your opportunity to go to that person and tell them everything that's wrong with that person. You need to speak with love, You need, obviously with truth, but you need to understand what type of person that is and how you're going to come at that situation and whatever it is, because never ever do you want to turn that person away. Hard truths are hard truths, but they can be said with love, with understanding and with compassion and with honor. That's not your opportunity to go in on somebody. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying you need to be honorable, you need to be loving, and you need to be truthful with whoever you're communicating with. But you know, the thing about communication, and I think the reason that it is a neglected piece of relationships in general is because of time. Because those hard truths, those hard conversations take time. They take moments. They take energy. They take energy. Absolutely. They're hard. hard. We have seen, you know, just in our life, especially especially since we became parents, um, but just being married and then becoming parents, Mm -hmm. the effects that communication can have when you truly and openly are yourself. Right. And you communicate all sides and all aspects Mm -hmm. of life and you don't feel like you have to Mm -hmm. shy away. You know, the thing about it is is I've had friendships where I feel like I've had to enter those friendships and I've had to always have it together. And I've had to show up in those friendships and pretend like I have the perfect life or that I have, yeah, I've got, I've got it all together for whatever reason that may be. And those friendships have never lasted. Mm. They've never lasted. They've always been a friend for the season and for a reason, and then they're they're out of my life. It's the friendships with people who I am honest, I am real, that have been the friendships that have lasted. Choose your friends carefully. Yeah. Um, not everybody is your best friend. No, and you don't have that doesn't you don't have to be a best friend to everybody no. in any relationship communication. And so really again, focusing on planning, you know, out and scheduling out what you can say yes to, what you might have to say no to, how you can ask for help. That's mm-hmm. kind of where accountability starts. And that's, that's where right. accountability partners start, is you've got to be willing to ask for help. Yep. Celebrating, supporting one another, the support is so critical. And you know, I've challenged you before on other episodes. If you are a parent 
Have you contacted a teacher today? Oh, have you? Have you contacted a teacher today? To support them. To support them, to ask them what they need, to tell them they're doing an amazing job. If you're a teacher, have you contacted a student or a parent or a colleague? In the past week. In the past week. And that's where that 30-day challenge comes in. And then finally, communicating, realizing that when you ask for help Mm -hmm. and when you start building these relationships and when you're working to celebrate others, that you've got to show up to that relationship in all forms. You've got to show up to that accountability, to that team, in all forms right. with your your strengths with your weaknesses because that's where again you're you're able to get help you might be sharing a fear that like Wade said when I would share I don't know if I'm be able to finish this marathon my accountability partner was able to say yes you are and we're gonna make it and we're gonna do mm-hmm. it together and sometimes you just need to hear that mm-hmm. but if you are never humble enough to admit your fears then others don't know how to help you and they don't know how to support you um so by by saying your fears and by naming them and naming things that are stressing you out others know how to help you best and communication yeah. that's where relationships truly start to work. So we just wanted to really lay out some things that we focus on when we're trying to face the hard moments. And right now is a hard moment. It's a hard season of life. How to get those people in your circle and how to keep them in your circle. Right. We wanted to point out that you cannot do this alone, that you're not going to be able to navigate this season in education or this season in this pandemic or really in any season in life, um, that you can't do it alone. And so again, finding people, how to get them in your circle, Mm -hmm. how to keep them in your Mm -hmm. circle, and how to make the most of your circle is critical and so important to to showing up as the best version of yourself. If you're going to finish the race and finish it the best way you can, you can't do it alone. And we finished that marathon. We did. High five again. We we, we were like, we were right at five hours. That's pretty good (laughs) with everything considering. I will tell you, the last mile, y'all, I I'm not even kidding. I was crying. I mean, like crying no, legit. That, that was the second, second to last mile. Second to last mile. Last mile, I was done. <laughs> crying, crying legit. Wade walked the last half mile. I was like, sir, we have maybe two minutes to go. Like, you, what are you doing right now? It wasn't half. It was. No, it was. Quarter. You could see the finish line. I, I no. I it, you made it sound like I, I walked a whole half mile. Oh no! But no. you can see the finish line. He starts walking. I'm like, what? The crap! Like, no. But it was it was the second to last mile. Hope, yeah. And I was crying. I mean, I I I don't even know. She was in a lot of pain. That you could slide a piece of paper under my feet. Like I'm pretty sure I was like ice skating (laughs) to get to the finish line. You just have no idea, folks. There was somebody, one of my followers, an educator that um, was following me on Instagram, and people knew that we were running this, and they they were out there at that second to last mile, and she said. Come on, Hope, you've got this. I know you can do it. And um, she said, I follow you on Instagram. Let me tell you right now, that right there was enough. I, I wiped those tears away and I said, I've got this. I started picking up my feet. You, I was no longer ice skating. And I finished that marathon and it was because of her. And so if you're listening to this right now and you were at that second to last mile, you are my reason. But again, it just goes to show the power, the pa- those few words, those few words that she said to me caused me to be able to finish but, that entire race. But but then, but then oh, gosh. I wanted to walk at the very end. And then what do I see? I see Maverick and his little his little cheerleading. Team King. Team King. I see Chase Mayo and his Team King. I see Chris, Chris. Pombano and Mama Pombano and their yep. Team King. And I was like, I can't walk through this thing. I got to at least pretend like I'm running. There's our people. There's our accountability. That's right. Chris was crying. No, no. Chris was jumping up and down screaming. Maverick started crying. Oh, that's what it was. He's crying. He's crying. I'm 
white. Who cares? He I don't want cares. my baby crying. Wade never wants that baby crying. But no, find your people and don't do life alone. But when you find your people, love them, love them hard and hang on tight to them because right. you can't do this alone. You can't walk this journey alone. We are all going to be better together, truly. So thank you for joining us for another episode of the new EDU. Where we got to talk all things about our New York City Marathon and what that taught us about how important other people are in our lives and to our livelihood. And with yeah. that, we'll see you next time. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. And edited by Andrew Weller. With production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.